Hi folks, this is Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things that we can all do to live a better life if times get tough, or even if they don't. Coming to you once again from Arlington, Texas, today with episode 558 of the Survival Podcast. Today's a special edition. It's, uh, it's the day before Thanksgiving, so we're going to do our annual Thanksgiving show, and that means I'm going to be putting on uh, a broadcast I did in the car during episode 100. Episode 100 was the first Thanksgiving show. Today we're doing episode 558. Um, I've got some words for you after I knock out the very brief, brief housekeeping today before I bring on that old broadcast and let you hear it that I want you to listen to because I'm going to tell you what I'm thankful for. And I want you to think about what you're thankful for when I, when I give you those things. And then we'll tell you the real story of Thanksgiving, the one that we don't learn in school, and what it means to us as survivalists. Before we do that, though, let's go ahead and take care of our sponsor. Sponsor of the day number one is Backyard Food Production. That's Marjorie down there south of Austin. Um, one of the best DVDs I've ever seen on uh, how to turn your backyard into a food production machine. Uh, Christmas is coming. I mean, it's Thanksgiving tomorrow, right? So Christmas shopping starts tomorrow. Um, this disc, I think she sells it to us for 25 bucks and just raise the price for everybody else at $28 or something like that. Um, it's probably worth 50 it really is. If you want to give yourself a Christmas present, buy one. But really, if you know anybody that's into gardening, permaculture, small livestock, anything like that that doesn't have this DVD, what a great Christmas present. And you order it, and they ship it to your house, and then you wrap it up in a box, and you give it to them, and you don't have to go to the mall. So think about that. Uh, and, it, and it will expand your ability to prep immensely. Next up today, Safe Castle Royal. Safe Castle Royal has everything you need for your prepping, and they have outstanding, absolutely outstanding customer service. Uh, you know your order is going to be handled the right way every time, and if anything ever does have a hiccup in it, man, Vic over there is going to do everything he can to make it right for you. I've never seen him have to do it, honestly, because I've never seen them mess anything up, and they've been our sponsor for almost two years now. And I, I expect everybody to have a hiccup here and there, and, and they've none. Uh, they also make some of the best hardened shelters uh, available anywhere in the world as a as another line of their business. I recommend you check out their shelters, too. Um, it's pretty amazing the things that they can build for you. They've also got, you know, in addition to the long-term storage food, they've got some self-defense weaponry. They've got some weaponry for hunting. They've got um, some really cool 12-volt appliances to go with your solar projects or for you RVers and, and, and things like that. Just check them out. I think uh, if you've never really given them a good look over, today would be a good day to do that. Also, um, you know, they have this discount membership, $29, and you pay it one time, and you get big discounts on every single thing in their store for the rest of your life. Isn't that great? Well, guess what? If you join the member support brigade, uh, you get that membership, lifetime membership, absolutely for free as part of your MSB. And uh, on that note, we are running a special for MSB. First year for $35. So if you sign up with PayPal, $35. Second year goes to $50. If you decide you don't want to keep it, cancel it any time in between. But $35 for your first year of MSB. That means that when Vic gives you that $29 membership, effectively your first year of MSB is costing you $5, and you get all the other great benefits with it. Again, we are running a sale. I'm running it through Sunday midnight. Uh, use the code word TURKEY. 
and you get off uh, $15 off your first year. So that's all I'm going to say about the MSB today. I want to remind you guys on Saturday between 3 and 4, I'll be on 98.9 in Austin on live, uh, Live Free Austin if you happen to be in the Austin area. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about kind of what this show is all about and why I did it and why I continue to use the same copy of it instead of doing a new one like I redid the Veterans Day show today and things like that. I think maybe next year I will redo this show. But right now, um, in 2008, you're going to hear me in the car with the background noise and everything else, and you're going to hear me talking about how much money the Fed pumped into the economy. Um, and, and even though that's not really part of the, the, the Thanksgiving thing, you're going to hear that toward the end about an analogy drawing between the dark, cold winters of the colonial times and the dark, cold winters that we had to look forward to from 2008. I want you to see how accurate that was. I want you to remember, gold at the time I did that show was trading for about $850 an ounce, and it's almost double that now. Now, if you bought gold, that sounds good, but gold doubling is not good. It really isn't. It means we're right, but we don't want to be right about some of these things. We really don't. If gold doubles, that means that the dollar's purchasing power has been drastically cut. More so than the consumer price index will ever indicate. The, the, the nonsensical thing of inflation that says there is no inflation. I want you to think about how much more it costs you to live today than it did two years ago when you're listening to today's show. But I don't want you to get down. I mean, how do you not get down? Look, it's a holiday. It's a uniquely American holiday. It actually started out from a, uh, a British uh, thing, an English uh, ceremony that was all about church and piety and a little bit of, and really more fasting than, than feasting. But we changed that. We changed a lot of things and we threw the English out. And what it has become is uniquely American. There's no place else in the world where this holiday is celebrated, certainly not the way that we do it here. And there is a lot to be thankful for. There's a tremendous amount to be thankful for. But what I'm thankful for this year is you guys. You are the biggest blessing that's ever come into my life. This audience that tunes in and listens to this show, you know, some of you guys are religious about it, man. You don't miss a day. And that means so much to me. I did the, the recent episode 550 with you guys calling in, and I, I couldn't believe some of the life changes that people have made because of being part of the community and listening to the show. You guys are helping me live my dream. In January, we're moving to Arkansas. Finally, I've been talking about it since the day I started the show, two and a half years ago. And what's interesting is it's not that my, at this point that my wife has said, yeah, we'll do it, like she agreed to do a lot earlier than we did. Now she's actually excited about going. Um, I think it is only this show and everything that has come into our lives because of folks like you. And I'll tell you what means more to my wife than the, the money that we make off the show that you know can pay the bills up there. Because that's really what we're doing. We're moving to a place where our bills are so low we can afford to live off the show. What's meant more to her is all of you people that have sent us stuff like the sponsors that have sent samples for free and the audience members that have sent things like people have sent me honey and jellies and jams and uh, all books and stuff. And just, I mean, people have sent so much stuff just saying, hey, I want you to see what I did or I want you to see this book that I'm working on or look, we're doing these things and I want to share it with you. And the pictures and stuff like that that have been emailed that I've shared with her, she's realized the show is actually bigger than a business. 
And I'm very grateful for that because this is the first thing I've ever done professionally that I've ever really been able to share with my, with my immediate family because they can understand it. When I was running around in the Northeast selling computer uh, hardware and selling computer test equipment, they didn't understand my job. They knew I got a big purchase order or something, but they didn't, you know, when I was selling cabling and, and doing underground fiber optic work and stuff like that, this, this technology issue, they just didn't get it. I now have something because of you that my family can be part of. So thank you for that. And I want you to think about the things that you're thankful for this year and you're thankful for in your life in general and the blessings that have come. And now we'll turn it over to Jack Spirico from The Time Machine two years ago, uh, episode 100 of the Survival Podcast on Thanksgiving. First of all, the traditional view is in 1621, a bunch of pilgrims got together with a bunch of Indians and had a great big feast. They had turkey and gravy and mashed potatoes. All right. Uh, all the pilgrims were dressed in black and white and had big buckles on. It's not that far off. Here's the problems with it. One, they didn't have mashed potatoes. They didn't grow potatoes in the northern colonies that first year. Number two. They didn't have buckles. You know, all those pilgrims, little kids, buckles, they, the buckles didn't get in fashion until the 1700s. No buckles. They were wearing black and white because they had the feast on a Sunday. And the pilgrims wore black and white on Sundays. It was formal attire. They did not always run around in black and white while they were working in the fields and hunting and, and fishing and farming. It's a myth. Uh, women mostly wore colors like reds, greens, and tans. The men wore colors like tans, grays, greens, tweeds, beiges. Uh, so they weren't always running around in big top hats with buckles on and gaiters and things like that. Okay, So that, that's a myth, not a big myth. Um, turkey they probably had. Uh, the, the original recorded journal entry of Thanksgiving says they shot as much fowl as they could. That would probably be a lot of ducks and geese that time in New England. Another belief is that they had this holiday, uh, the third, uh, third week of, uh, November. They did not. Uh, it was somewhere between the end of September and beginning of October that they had the original Thanksgiving. If you've ever been to New England, you will know why. Now, here's the big myth, that they had this first Thanksgiving feast, and it immediately became a tradition, an original American tradition, and that every year thereafter, they continued to have this holiday, and that as the United States evolved and grew, wherever Americans went, wherever colonists went, the, th the holiday went with them. It's not how it happened at all. You see, they didn't even have the feast the second year. It didn't happen a second year because the colony was ravaged with a lot of problems and diseases and crop failures. And Other colonists came, and those other colonists didn't immediately pick up the holiday. But over time, as people began to settle the United States primarily, initially in the northeastern United States, and the Virginia colony, which ran from like the Hudson River area of New York down to what is Virginia, that whole thing was called Virginia Company. And uh, as that started to spread, 
And what I mean by spread is just the people start to spread out, start to set up actual permanent places to live, building farms, starting to uh, to live normal lives, at least for the period and the time. The tradition of Thanksgiving, going back to that original meal, began to be created. And people began to sit down at the end of the harvest season, and sometimes there was some formality in certain regions and certain areas to, we're going to do it on this day, or we're going to do it on that day. Um, but there was no official holiday, and there certainly was no colony-wide holiday. It was just something people did. And they did call, tell stories, and that's how the whole tradition of the, the original Pilgrims and Indians Thanksgiving uh, got kept. It, got, it, it became part of history, because people did tell that story by word of mouth. And they would sit down at the end once they had, they had you know, put everything away for the year and finished making their winter preparations. And what does that remind you of? The ant and the grasshopper? Modern survivalism? That's exactly what it was, folks. That's exactly what Thanksgiving was in its origination. People would get ready for winter. They worked hard all spring. They worked hard all summer. They worked hard in the beginning of the fall. They put everything down in the root cellar. They did everything they possibly could. They went hunting. They went fishing. They stacked up the meat in the ladder. They did everything they could to get ready because they knew, especially if you've ever experienced a winter in Connecticut or New Jersey or Massachusetts or Vermont or New Hampshire, or Maine or upstate New York, then you understand what they were getting ready for. Brutal cold, short days. They didn't have greenhouses, folks. No ability to grow anything. And even the game would get scarce by about December because it would be hard to find. Because it would go hole up somewhere to keep warm itself. And it would have to travel long distances. It wouldn't congregate anymore. So it would be hard to even go out and harvest anything at that point. Besides, it was too damn cold. So hopefully they had enough wood chopped, they had enough food put in the larder, they had enough food in the in the root cellar. And remember, they didn't have refrigerators, freezers, electricity. But when they got everything as done as they could, they sat back, they came together, and they had a great big meal. I want you to think about something that most people will never, ever think about today. What they had done is put away enough that they hoped would be enough. And often people were quite hungry by the time the first days of spring started to come around. Sometimes a winter could go longer and it would be later in the season before you could plant crops. Sometimes you'd start your crops and you know what would happen, folks? A late frost would come in and, and it's put you back three, four, five weeks. It's a long time to go without food. So you would think that after they put all this food away, they would immediately begin rationing their food. This is how much we have today. This is how much we have tomorrow. We have to plan for the future. People that put that much planning and effort into preparing for winter, you would think that's what they would do. And folks, it's the way they lived. 99% of the time, except for Thanksgiving. On Thanksgiving, they covered the table with food. And it was at, at times it was a three-day event, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and you went to church on Sunday. And they would have relatives and friends, and, and anybody that didn't have a, a real close family to go be with would be invited into the home if they were a family friend. And food would be shared, and people would eat just like we do today until they couldn't move. And you know what that was? It was a Thanksgiving. It was also a reassurance that we're going to be okay. 
We've been good ants. We've worked hard enough. We're going to make it through the winter. We will be here to still to see spring. It's okay to enjoy the fruits of our labor and our efforts. It's okay to share with others. It's okay to be grateful for all that we have. It will be enough. I sure wish that instead of just teaching our children in school about the Indians and the pilgrims and the fake buckles, that maybe a little bit more of that was going into our education system. A little bit more of an understanding that when people 200 years ago, 300 years ago, sat around a table and ate that much food and shared with that many people at one time, that it wasn't like today where if you needed more food, you went to Kroger, or you went to Publix, or you went to Winn-Dixie. They're even still in business, I'm not sure. Albertsons or whoever. There wasn't anything like that. In many of the colonies, there wasn't even a lot of stores around of any kind or shape. You know, it'd be, you'd have to get on a horse and ride for a day just to pick up a couple sacks of grain for some extra provisions to make it through. And what if you had to do that in the winter because you ran out in the winter and the snow drifts were six feet high? That's how it was. We were still in the tail end of the little ice age, folks, during the 17 and 1800s. Early 1800s were cold, long, cold winters, colder than you can imagine. But they had a feast. They had a feast. And the main purpose of the feast, besides being thankful, was to reassure the family, to reassure everybody, we're going to make it through winter. We're going to see spring. It's an amazingly optimistic view of a holiday that many people that would like to go back and rewrite history have tried to tear down. Let me tell you a little bit more about Thanksgiving and why we should be thankful that there is a Thanksgiving today. The first official declaration of Thanksgiving was by George Washington in 1789, but it was not made a national holiday until Abraham Lincoln did it in the middle of the Civil War. He was looking for a way to unify the nation, so he officially said a date of the third Thursday in November is Thanksgiving Day. After the Civil War was over, Thanksgiving was largely not celebrated in the entire southern United States. It was viewed as a damn Yankee holiday. And it was only over time as people began to relocate and the wounds between the states began to heal that the people of the South were willing to accept the holiday as an American holiday instead of a northern holiday. So when he tried to monkey with our holiday, his name was Franklin Delaware Roosevelt. And I'm sorry, I think I said that Lincoln set the holiday for the third Thursday in November. It was the fourth Thursday in November, which it is today. If I made that mistake, I'm sorry. But it was Roosevelt who then moved it from the fourth Thursday to the third Thursday. Now, why would somebody do that? Why would somebody mess with tradition? What does everybody do on Friday after Thanksgiving? They go shopping. I'd like to believe that it was different during the Great Depression. It wasn't. People went shopping on Black Friday during the Great Depression. So Roosevelt thought if he moved Thanksgiving back a week, it would add one week to the Christmas shopping season and help spur the economy. Eventually people got pissed off and uh, complained about it, and it got moved back where it is today, the fourth Thursday. That's how it became uh, that day, and that's how it was put back on that day, and that's how it's been ever since. And I think one of the things we really need to understand about the spread of Thanksgiving through the United States is how it was commensurate with healing of the wounds between the states from the Civil War. And I think if you're ten years younger than me, you know, maybe my generation was the last to really see it 
for what it was. And I'm glad that it's gone and I'm glad that it's dead, but I think we need to remember it so that we understand what a great nation we've actually formed today. Because sometimes I get real hard on our government. And I'll continue to do it, folks. You'll, you'll tune back in. You'll hear me tearing up a senator or the president or a chief justice for stepping on our Constitution. But overall, we have a pretty great country. And what I remember when I was a child, very young child, I'm talking kindergarten, first, second grade, and I moved from Pennsylvania to Florida with my family. My grandfather and his friends in Pennsylvania would always tell me, you're down there with them damn rebels. And the kids that I went to school with would sometimes call me a damn Yankee until I picked up that Florida accent. And it wasn't like it is today. I hear people call Yankees, people Yankees today. And, and generally when you hear somebody call somebody a damn Yankee today, it's it's because you're, you're putting them down for being a big government tax and spend liberal from Massachusetts or something like that. Or, or it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, a Texas joke. Well, Yankees, where do they come from? They come from Oklahoma. Anything north of the Red River, you know, that's the Mason-Dixon line in our opinion. But there's a joke and there's a joviality to it. I saw the last vestiges of the true animosity that was held over by my grandfather's generation and the generation before him that handed it down. I saw that. I saw it for what it was. You know, and I saw at the same time the last vestiges of true racism in this country, where we were busing students for integration purposes and things like that. There was resistance to it and all these other things. It was the tail end. It was the late 70s, early 80s. And that stuff's gone and behind us now. But a lot of that healing, a lot of that unifying, went right along with the spread of Thanksgiving as it slowly made its way through the United States. What I'm saying to you folks is in 1880, if you lived in South Georgia, you didn't celebrate Thanksgiving at all. You didn't even notice. You didn't even care. If you had a kid in college up north, he'd write you a letter about it. You, you were like, yeah, you're with that damn Yankee holiday. And today, Thanksgiving is celebrated in all 50 states. And it's one of the first American traditions that's uniquely American that legal immigrants, and even illegal immigrants, let me be fair, that come to our country adopt as one of their own. It is one of the most unifying things in America. And it's why I get disgusted when people try to tear it down. And on Thanksgiving Day, we should not just get together and eat food and be thankful for the bounty in front of us. We should think of the other things that we're thankful for. So I ask you to pause today and just think, what are you thankful for? As you continue to prepare for the unknown future, try to make your life better, whether it gets bad or it doesn't. Living the show Korea, as you you continue to be an ant like those brave people before us, that were preppers and survivalists and didn't even know that that's what it was called, it was just living back then. Think about all the things that make your life easier. The fact that you can turn a switch and a light bulb will come on. The fact that if you're cold, there's a little box on your wall that you can turn up, and if you're hot, you can turn it down. It will change the temperature of your home. The fact that a person like me is free to get on the Internet and blast his government, and sometimes support it, and no one shows up at my house to take me away. That you're free to listen to it and no one shows up at your house and takes you away. That you're free to go any church, temple, or synagogue that you want to worship God as your choice. Or you're free to not. The freedom to do so and the freedom to not do so. 
is something that long ago became uniquely American. It's prevalent in many places in the world today. But people often think of the Puritans and pilgrims being deeply religious. And they held their own community to deep religious standards, but they didn't try to force that onto other communities. They really didn't. It's a misnomer. They did try to spread it among the Indians, and that didn't work out real good. But, you know, nobody's perfect. Think about how grateful you should be that you can walk up to a police officer in this nation and ask for help and get it. Because there's places where people so fear their police, they would never go to a police officer for help. Think about how grateful you are that despite the fact that our education system needs a massive overhaul, at least everybody learns how to read that wants to in this country. And that's true. No matter how bad you want to put down the education system, any kid that goes to our schools, any of them, even the crappiest one that wants to learn to read, to write, and do basic math, they'll come out with that education. There's places in the world where you can't buy that education. Be grateful for all that we have. And just remember that unique part of Thanksgiving that no one ever talks about that I talked to you earlier. Just remember that when people 200 years ago sat down to a massive banquet, it wasn't just patting themselves on the back. It wasn't just being thankful. It was, we know winter's almost here. We know that the last days that the sun really is warm on our faces are almost over for a while. We know that we're going to go into a darkness. We know that we're going to go into a time where there's not very much. But we also are going to feast. And we're not going to ration today or tomorrow or the next day. We're going to feast for three days because we know we'll see spring. And folks, there could be no better time than to think of that than today. Because today, our nation is headed for some very tough times. Our government has pumped $7 trillion of phony money into our economy. They, they've done it. There's no, there's no way to pull it back now. It's already happened. Right now, we're seeing prices come down. Prices on everything will go up. They have to. You can't put $7 trillion into an economy without devaluing money. can't be done. We're going to go through some dark times. But even while you're prepping, even while you're saving, even while you're preparing, I want you to stop, not just on Thanksgiving, but every once in a while, I want you to stop. I want you to gather around your family, your friends, people that don't have other people. I want you to sit down and I want you to feast. It doesn't always have to be with food. Sometimes it can be with words. Sometimes it can be with activities. But every once in a while, I want you, I want you to just splurge on yourself with emotion and even money and certainly with food and just enjoy it and make it something special and make it part of remembering that even though you have to be smart about how you spend you have to be smart about how you store you have to be smart about how you work how you save that every once in a while you need to remind yourself that spring will come and that you're going to be there to see it that's really all I have for you today this has been Jack Spirico with a Thanksgiving edition of the Survival Podcast. Hoping that I've helped you figure out today how to live that better life if times get tough. Or even if they don't. You can scream and you can holler. It really doesn't matter because it all gets spent.